This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, family, this is Karen. I hope everyone's being safe and you are staying inside and not being a vector and not catching uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, which we're currently in uh, a pandemic. So as you're listening to my voice, we're in the midst of the 2020 uh, pandemic of the coronavirus, which has completely paralyzed most of Europe. And uh, we're just at the precipice of it in America. It has not hit its full force. I hope it doesn't, but it probably will. And that said, you know, I'm not saying that to to send anybody into a panic, but I think over the next couple of podcasts and even on my radio show on SiriusXM, I'm going to talk about things that we can do. And out of this uh, disaster, there are possibilities and opportunities, and more importantly, a, a chance if we survive to reset and to create the world we want to live in. I've been talking about that for the better part of a couple of years, but as I was going through to prepare for next week, I discovered an interview I did January 26th. 2016 with a gentleman named Jason Charles, who is by all walks of life, I guess, uh, described as a doomsday prepper. And it's interesting because I had been talking about this on my radio show from probably the very beginning and and partially because I'm I'm trying to be a student of history. Actually, I am a little bit a student of history. And what I have discovered is that you can pretty much predict what's going to happen in the future because we are creatures of habit and we're um, not so easy to change our habits that um, you can kind of foresee what's going to happen and the ebbs and flows of life and the pendulum swings. And I knew that coming up, especially with the high rod of the the um, stock market, you know, we were on this, you know, first we, we had this horrific crash, this almost near worst recession we've ever had, followed by, you know, climbing out of it, followed by like 12 years of like wonder, black president, you know, um, Michelle Obama, and just kind of riding high. And I think we got a, a sense of complacency, many people, because things, people were working and the economy was good and, and we kind of weren't at war and things were well. And then we had an election in 2016 and I felt it was important for us to talk about what could come next because what I recognize is that in the absence of strong leadership, all manner of horrors can happen. You know, and again, you know, we watch these movies and these movies are also precursor to what can happen. Now, I didn't expect there to be a pandemic. I thought it was going to be some sort of war, uh, some sort of, you know, nuclear war. But it's interesting talking to the astrologer uh, last week. You know, he said that the stars lined up for there to be something. And actually this pandemic, what he thought was going to be a war actually turned out to to look very similar to what this pandemic is. So, you know, what is war? Um, And as we talk about these things, you know, the bigger question for me is how do you prepare? Because we're going to survive. We have to, right? And I don't want us to just survive. I need us to thrive through it. And this has kind of been my mission since I started my radio journey uh, five years ago. In 2014, uh, October 2014, going into my sixth year, I've kind of had this notion that I would be sitting in the seat to be able to help people prepare for what's to come. 
And that's kind of been my mission. Every day I get up, I come to the airwaves to drop these gems and these seeds because I want people to plant them because I know what's to come. And more importantly, there's strength in numbers. And also I feel like, you know, and I, and I actually tweeted this out and I, I just really do believe this, that in this tragedy, we get to see the best and the worst of people. But I think there's far more good in the world than there is bad. And I, I want to challenge people to to rest on their better angels and to, to cling to the goodness in them, the humanity inside of yourself, and start to open up and be more sharing and caring and loving because this is the thing that's going to really get us to the next place. And more importantly, that's the sustainable emotion that will help us all thrive. So as I was combing through preparing, I came across this interview with Jason Charles. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Uh, probably bits and pieces of it this week. Um, and I would love for you to listen to it and share it. He is a doomsday prepper um, and and he gives some really solid advice. But also with this first interview, this first portion of this interview, it's chilling, chilling how prophetic. Again, this interview is from January 2016. If uh, As I was listening back to it, I was like... I think what I'm doing right now is, is I'm on some supernatural. This is this is not normal. You'll listen to it for yourself. This is not normal. So I'm going to keep going with it. And I would love for you to follow me on Twitter, at Karen Hunter. That's where you can at me. Use the hashtag podcast. Let me know what you think. Um, hit me with any questions that you may have. And this podcast is brought to you by Bombas. Now, it's, it's interesting right now to be talking about, you know, buying socks. But for me, Bombas is important because Bombas was a, was a company devoted to serving people. This is why I rock with them so hard. They were founded because the number one most requested item in homeless shelters is socks, right? And so for every pair you buy, they make sure that somebody in need has a pair of socks. So I'm going to always rock with them because this right now, in this time in particular, people are going to be in need. And I would hate for um, us to not do all that we can. So listen, if you need socks, buy 10 pair. They even have compression socks, which are really good if you're working out at home now and keeping your 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 circulation going or if you're sitting a lot now with the telecommuting or whatever. Um, those are great socks. Every sock comes with, uh, they're all cotton, they're wonderful, moisture wicking no toe seam they stay up so they have technology to keep it up arch support all of them and uh check them out for yourself you can go to bombas b-o-m i call them bomb ass socks b-o-m-b-a-s dot com slash karen you get 20 percent off your first purchase so buy a lot at bombas.com slash karen all right up next uh part one of my interview with prepper jason charles enjoy i clearly believe that we're in some in some strange times here in the United States of America. And I wanted to, um, actually I've been trying to have this conversation since uh, I was on Andrew Wilkow's show a few months ago. And he's he's one of these guys. And I'm actually secretly one of these people too. I got like 30 bottles of five gallon jugs of water in my house. And I got a, 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 a thing, a little vial that can clean water, which, I, which could be useful right now in freaking Flint. But I ain't, I'm ready. I will not be thirsty during the apocalypse. But I was just wondering who else is ready. So I watched Naked and Afraid and I watch all of these shows with the doomsday preppers. And I'm like, I'm into that, like secretly. Now y'all know, like I'm, I'm like ready, ready. I got a bunker. I am not having it. Y'all can blow up the world. Me and the cockroaches will still be here. And I'm trying to get a few of y'all here because I need to play Scrabble and Bidwist and stuff. So I think this guy's going to be here. And um, I got his book actually from Will Cow. It's, it's a book, but it's cards, right? So they're like, Every single scenario, like 
your water supply. If the water supply is shut off or contaminated during an emergency, finding clean drinking water may become incredibly difficult. To ensure that you have potable water for at least five days, pack the recommended amount of bottled water below. And it has this whole little thing and where you can get the how much the water should cost. And it's just like on the back, there's like instructions on what to do and how to pack it. It's just, this is helpful. It's called emergency bag essentials. Everything you need to bug out. Let me welcome to the show. He calls himself an angry prepper. Jason Charles. Welcome. Welcome. You 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 do seem a little little tense. Big as hell, too, by the way. I, I, I looked at him. He came in, he's like as wide as the door. He must be doing some doomsday push-ups, like with his knuckles or something. Like, what's up? Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, should I be nervous? Let me give me a scoot towards the door. He's like, so so Jason, um, are you from, where are you from, first of all? New York. You're from New York. Okay. So how does a New Yorker, a New York, you're a black man uh, from the global majority. I'm looking at you right now. I can Hopefully. Tell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, how do you get into this prepper thing? What what what, uh, what inspired you to become a prepper? It was a book called, um, what was it called? I don't know. Was it, was it Hawk, Hawks? One minute after. Oh. One second after. Sorry. One second after. One second after. Really good book. Um, read the from you know, front to back. There were some forewords and afterwards. Newt Gingrich was in it. You know, he uh, he talked about the possibility of the attack and how it would uh, screw a lot of things up. So what was the attack in this one second after? It was, it was a uh, nuclear EMP, attack? EMP. Okay. Uh, that's a nuclear device detonated. It's um, like a dirty bo- dirty nuke that could no. be smuggled in or it's like from, from like Russia? It's, it's a, a, a nuclear... Um, missile. Okay. That uh, detonates and, above the atmosphere. Okay. And we're in New York, so that's it, probably going to be a place that would be targeted. Well, they would target. They would target at central, uh, the center of the United States, which mm-hmm. would cascade um, electric magnetic magnetic pulse, which would shorten all electrical uh, grids. Everything right, would be short. Yep. Electronics, cars, and so on and so forth. It was interesting. I was watching X-Files over the weekend. I, again, I apologize, people, because I probably shouldn't have. But th- there was a scene. Uh, I was actually watching back episodes, and this woman was in her car, and it, it shut down. And I was thinking, all cars are electric now, right? So they have some electric components, not just Tesla, but, like, everything. Like, they could hack your car, which they have done, right? They've hacked cars and stuff. Like, th- literally, somebody could hack your car, shut you down, tr- control your steering, control your brakes, control everything. Right. Your locking system, you you can unlock your car right from your cell phone. This this is not a good thing. I was thinking. No, um, but all the an example. I have a 2004 Ford Explorer. It's probably the world's worst car, right? But I had an electrical. I had a little problem with it. It was a a small valve that was all electronics. Um, so that little piece shut down my entire car. A little piece. So now we're talking about cars that are fully integrated right into now the internet um bluetooth so Mm -hmm. you have all these ways to start your car and check it by your phone Mm -hmm. hacking is like the least of your problem i mean like so now if you have an emp go off as an example your entire car is dead so you can't you can't drive anywhere no way so so let me let me back up let me back up jason charles because i don't think you answered my question so one book one book, one second after. Who who told you to read the book? Why did you? Why were you attracted to this book? I saw this it, is a culture. I saw it. Well, I saw it in the airport. I was like, oh, the the, the cover caught my eye. 
right? It was a, a little kid standing in the field looking at the sun. And I was like, okay, this is like, you know, how bad could it be? And I read the back, and I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. It was my, I, would, I was looking to read books again. I haven't read books in a while. I said, let me start reading books, and this is the book I pick up, which spiraled into where I am now. Okay, how many years ago was that? A while ago, 10 years, five probably, years? Probably five, six years ago. Okay, so you're in the airport, you read the book on the airport, and, and what, what is going off in your brain? Like, this could happen. Right. This could happen, this could happen, this could happen. And, and instead of just saying, oh, okay, that's interesting, you came back home and decided to do what? Start prepping. Okay. So here, there was a scene in the book, and, and the way the, the author described it, it was so realistic. You were like, do you want your kids to starve? That's what it all came down to. I could fend for myself, but watching, reading about how the kids starved and what they looked like because people weren't prepared, I said, I don't want to be like that. I, I'm attracted to the water section of your book, emergency bag, essentials, everything you need to bug out um, because of what's happening in Flint. You know, um, you have a portable filtration uh, system in right. here and, and how to do that. Uh, water f- purification tablets, which I have actually a bag of. Right. I, I'm just, I don't, I don't know why. I'm like, I'm collecting stuff, right? Water purification without the filters in the tablets. You have, you know, basic food requirements. Um, and, and these are, you know, mostly bagged, packaged food. Do you have MREs in here too? Uh, optional there. items like emergency and cough cough syrup and, and mayonnaise package packages heating sources i mean so so what's the first thing you did did you go to dick sporting good club and go and start or did you start buying canned goods like what was your process once you read this book and you were like i don't want my kids starving so i'm gonna do something well like all um beginners in prepping um i went to ebay and i started uh, bidding for mres and I went MRE crazy. I um, I racked up probably two, three grand worth of MREs inside of a month and a half. And what, so do you have a place? Because, it's, again, it's New York. It's right. a compact, compact city, you know, 8 to 10 million people packed into this island that may be underwater at some point. You know, we don't know. You know, it's precarious, right? Right. It's, it's a central target, you know, for a lot of terrorists. Everybody wants to hit here, right? Where would you go? So so you got your MREs, and now you got nuclear fallout. <laughs> Where are you going, well, Jason nuclear, Charles? Nuclear fallout, you're staying inside. You're not going outside. You're right. Not, you're not going to venture. Um, you know, there are different scenarios where you would leave, um, but there are a few that you would stay, stay in, and a nuclear bomb or a, a terrorist attack like in Mumbai where they're mm-hmm. out in the street. You would stay home. You right. Know, you wouldn't, wouldn't make yourself Do you a have target. a bunker in your house? Do you have a a room, a panic room that has the MREs? Do you have a place that's secure, that is impenetrable? No, it's uh, it's what it is. I live in an apartment, and, um, you know, that's my fortress. I mean, as far as, like, protecting it, you you can only go so far because you live in a city where you're not allowed to have, you know, firearms and stuff. So that complicates everything, not having firearms. So that's why you look the way you do. I I hope so. I hope it will come in handy. Let me tell you, this man's arms are like my thighs, and I have big thighs. Okay, so and but they're muscular. My thighs are kind of muscular. You don't need to look. Don't look. Don't look, Jason. All right, eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. I'm curious. Curious if anyone else out there is a prepper. Now I'm not a classical prepper. I just got a lot of water because I know we can't survive without water. I can probably live a long time without food, but you got to have water. We're seeing that, and water is essential. So I, I when I order water, I make sure I order a couple of three, maybe four extra. Five gallon, and I just put in my storm in my basement. Don't laugh. And I got the little water tablets just in case because I don't want to be thirsty. You die. 
so so besides the MREs and spending two thousand plus dollars, thousands of dollars on the MREs, what else was essential to you in the beginning? And then what did you learn about your prepping that you rethought after you got more education? After I got more education, I figured um I figured it out. Don't be an idiot. Don't jump the gun. Don't spend two thousand dollars on MREs. Don't buy things that don't work. Um, it was, it was a, a an expensive learning curve. Okay. So what did you do with the MREs? Did you eat them? Or um, you still have them? How long are they supposed to last? They're good. They're they're good for a long time under optimal condition. Okay. Right. So if it's, for example, you leave them in your car and you live in Arizona, they're probably not as good. I think within a six months to a year. Okay. Right. But if you keep them in a cool condition, they can stay good for a very long time. What about jerky? I'm, I'm a big jerky person. I think jerky can stay. If you, mm-hmm. um, what's that, vacuum seal it. Right, okay. You, you, you add life to it, which I vacuum seal a lot of things too. Okay, so, so you bought a vacuum sealer. I bought a lot of things. <laughs> Dumbest thing you bought, Jason? Uh, Gas mask. Okay, you did buy gas. I was yeah. this close to clicking uh, that on Amazon. Yeah. Didn't get it. You know why? It, it was dumb in the sense that I have kids. And they don't make, yeah, not that I've seen them, they don't make it right, small enough for them. So why would I buy something for myself if I can't, you know, protect your kids? Right. So I think that was possibly one of the dumbest things. Do you think we actually will be uh, attacked at some point to the point where you need to have the skill sets that you, you developed over the last six years? Uh, You know what? I hope not. But with this whole ISIS and, and these uh these lone wolf uh you know, guys who claim to be with ISIS popping up all over the place, you never know. Um, you know, there are, I forgot how many missing uh, nuke heads from, like, Russia that when Russia collapsed, these things just disappeared, and they didn't know where they went. There's always that, so. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You know I'm trying to lose some pounds, and the way I stay on track is every week at the same time I weigh in. And the WW Scales by Conair Bluetooth is one of the best scales on the market. Formerly Weight Watchers, of course, it measures not just your weight, but also your body fat percentage. This is really important. Hydration levels, muscle and bone mass, it tracks your weight loss in such a holistic manner. And if you're using Weight Watchers, or excuse me, WW, it allows you to easily set goals, track your progress, and earn badges because it's connected to the app. If you're a WW member, the scale will automatically sync your weight data with the WW app, no manual data entry required. If smart devices aren't your thing, you can still use the scale to get your body analysis measurements through the extra large digital display. And since it's a nine-user memory, everybody in your family and some neighbors and relatives can also use it. It's a scale for the whole family. You can go to Amazon.com, search WW Scale, and get your scale today. This is the top of the line WW Scale from Conair. Check it out. Go to Amazon. You know that's my spot too. WW Scale by Conair. Jason Charles wrote a book. It's actually uh, it's a bunch of like helpful cards, like, you know, flashcards, but they have like all kinds of how to pack your bag, um, essential bag, uh, emergency bag, essential keys, right? So how did you determine what goes in this? So you have a uh, uh, basic five-day meal plan and equipment, fire, safe, uh, fire starter stuff, shelter stuff, uh, planning, uh, what is this, reference? 
communication plan. You got to have a plan, map, documents, et cetera. Right. Just because technology is not going to be available. So right. people, we're so reliant on technology. And I think this is so powerful, right? Many of us right now could not survive without our cell phone. We could not survive without electricity, right? We right. lose our minds. I remember Sandy, I was out eight days. I almost hurt somebody. Eight days with no electricity. I was mad because we rely on it so much. I mean, for everything. Right. Even my stove, you know, it's like I got a gas stove, but it's electric to click, 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 to, you know, to come on. So I had to light it with something else just to warm the house. So I'm wondering, like, no electricity. What do we need to do that we wouldn't be thinking about right now because we, we're so reliant? Um. An example, I bought propane stoves. Uh, I bought a stove that runs off of propane. Okay. Right? So if the power went out and the gas was shut off, I would use... Your propane tanks. Right. Okay. And I would cook that way. Um, keep in mind, if you're going to use that indoors, open your window, have a fire extinguisher on deck because, you know, if you it have kids... Flammable. Or, Hello. Right, yeah. If you have kids or a cat, things always get knocked over, right? <laughs> So that's for nuke that would tear up uh, our grid and, you know, take out all electricity. What about biological warfare? We were talking earlier about the Zika virus, right. which is now, you know, the uh, the World Health Organization saying it's going to spread here. It's right. already hitting Canada and other places. Um, so what what's going to happen? Actually, not Canada and Chile, but every place else in the Americas. What do we do with a biological attack? Depends on what it is. Um it, Some sort of virus. Right, and it depends on how fast it moves. There's a lot of factors to it when people always bring up this discussion. They're like, you know, well, biological warfare, is, but it, it, it there's so many factors in it, it's hard to stick to, um, it's hard to discuss how and what and how would you, you would prepare for it. Because, for example, if you're in the subway and they, they, uh, they release some kind of biological chemical in there, but it's something that takes maybe 48 hours to kick in until you get home. Now... It's already done. It's the Karen Hunter Show. We're talking with Jason Charles. He is a, a, he calls himself an angry prepper. We'll find out why he's so angry in a second. But go ahead, Jameson, what's your question? How much do you trust the government on warning us of threats? Say if a biological weapon, the CDC, Do you, how trusting are you are for them to mass chaos in government communication? Uh, that's tough because one side of me doesn't trust them at all. But the other side... You have to give them some leeway because a lot of the things that happen and the reason why they might keep things a secret is because they don't want an all-out panic. I think as a people, we are too scared. True. I ask that because I look at Fukushima. I'm not sure what, they happen, what year they happened in Japan. The government lied to the people there, like outright lies about the radiation levels and what to do and how how actual protected they were. Now these children are being born with all kinds of deformities Problems. and diseases. And, yeah, And they're going to have problems way Forever. down the line. Right, right. Way right. Down the line. right. So, like Flint water, okay? Right, right. So it, it's, they lie a lot. You know, that, that's that's the problem. And you have to, when you read these articles, read between the lines. 